and welcome to episode two of this new limited series podcast on publishing addiction science, which is a collaboration between Ice Age and the SSA. This series aims to demystify academic publishing for early career addiction researchers and anyone else who's ever been baffled by an optimistically titled Guidelines for Authors document. My name's Casey Calver, and I'm the Executive Officer of Ice Age, the International Society of Addiction Journal Editors. I'm also Managing Editor of the journal Addiction Science and Clinical Practice and Editorial Director at the Graken Center for Addiction and the Clinical Addiction Research and Education Unit, both at Boston Medical Center. And my name's Rob Calder. I'm the Head of Communications for the SSA, or the Society for the Study of Addiction. In each episode of this series, we're going to focus on one aspect of addiction science publishing, uh, talking along the way to those people who field, process, review, accept and reject manuscript submissions day in and day out. So we're interviewing senior editors, editors-in-chief, publishers and other experts to find out from them how this is all done, all the while resisting the temptation to ask whether the second paper for my PhD really deserved such damning feedback and ultimately desk rejection. This series is loosely based on a textbook published by Ice Age called Publishing Addiction Science. It can be downloaded for free from the Ice Age website. Episode one focused on authorship. In this second interview, Casey spoke with Bill Stoops, an Ice Age board member and editor of the journal Experimental and Clinical Psychopharmacology. Casey, tell us what you discussed in this interview. I had a great conversation with Bill about choosing the right journal for a manuscript submission. He shared his process for narrowing down the choices based on article type, its potential impact, and the intended audience. Yeah, there's there's some great straightforward advice here that will help anyone looking to publish. I was particularly happy that Bill talked about indexing and journal databases. It made me think that we need to talk to an academic librarian before this series ends. Also, the first of what will probably be many mentions of predatory journals. Uh, We hope you enjoy this interview. It was recorded on March the 14th, 2023. I am here today with Dr. Bill Stoops, an Ice Age board member and journal editor. We're talking about strategies for choosing a journal for publishing addiction science. Bill, can you start by telling us a bit about yourself and then share some important considerations for choosing a journal for people who might be new to publishing in the addiction field? Sure. I'm happy to be here with you today and have this discussion. Yeah, so my name is Bill Stoops. I'm a professor at the University of Kentucky, and I'm currently the editor for Experimental and Clinical Psychopharmacology, which is a journal published by APA Publishing. I'm going to maybe start talking about what I do as an author first, and then maybe I, maybe we can get to you know how an editor might think about picking a journal. But I know when I'm publishing a paper or a trainee is publishing a paper or thinking about outlets, one of the first things I do is look at what I'm citing, right? So if I'm citing a bunch of papers from journal X, probably need to think about that journal as an outlet, right? But then of course, there are other things that that you may want to do. You of course want to check out that journal and make sure that what you're doing really is a fit. I also, shameless plug for, for the Ice Age website, go to the Ice Age website all the time because there's many, many, many addiction journals, but a lot of those are represented in Ice Age. So you've got one sort of semi-comprehensive list in the Ice Age membership of reputable, respected addiction journals. So I do that as well. Shameless plug, Casey didn't pay me to do that. That's actually something that I do. And then a, a last thing that I would say is that what are you reading, right? Are Which journals are you reading out of? 
and then be thinking about those. So maybe if your paper is not, you know, citing one particular journal, you're citing a bunch of different journals or work from a bunch of different journals, I should say, but you know, you're reading a lot of journal Y that's relevant to your work, then maybe you want to think about that as a place you want to send your work. So those are sort of three strategies that I will use to identify an outlet initially. I think that's a great place to start. In your opinion, does addiction science always get published only in addiction journals? Definitely not. Uh, of course, addiction journals publish the majority of addiction science. I, I would, I would be, I feel pretty, pretty confident in making that statement. But because addiction is so multifaceted, right? It's a behavioral issue. It is a societal issue. You know, we are thinking about neuroscience when we're thinking about addiction. So there's all these different sort of areas that are touched by addiction. You can publish in any of those journals, right? Like maybe you want to publish in a broader public health journal, or maybe you want to publish in a specific neuroscience journal. You know, I mean, uh, the again, I would, I would think about sort of the fit, right? And so if you are doing something really sort of narrowly defined in addiction, right? Then maybe you want to go to a very specific addiction focused journal. But if you're doing something that is has implications for broader public health, right? Think about those public health journals. And I, you know, I don't, I don't want to name a specific journal because, you know, I, I, there, there's any number of them out there, but absolutely don't feel like you have to only publish in an addiction focused journal, it's a great thing to do. Absolutely think about doing that. But maybe you want to think about going somewhere else, especially if there are broader implications or if you want to reach a different audience than who might be reading these addiction focused journals. I, I think, I think that's the, the main word, isn't it? Audience, just considering who you want to reach with your work is a great place to start. So when you're going through the process of choosing a journal to publish in, how important is impact factor or other metrics when it comes to choosing a journal? Yeah, that's a great question. So what I'm about to say may be fairly controversial, especially given that I'm a journal editor, but I don't actually put a lot of weight in impact factor. We know that there are ways that impact factor can be manipulated by you know certain practices. And so a journal may have a really high impact factor, but that could be because of choices that have been made in terms of what is published or when it's published. So I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about impact factor, but one thing that I really do think about in terms of metrics, and maybe this isn't a metric, but I think about it as one is where it's indexed, right? So is it going to get caught in a broad search, right? So is it going to get caught in PubMed? Is it going to get caught in something like PsycInfo, which is an APA sort of search for psychology related things? So, so, Again, that goes back to your audience, right? You want to be sure that the broadest number of people can read your article or can find your article. We can talk about reading and accessing articles maybe a different day, but that's where indexing comes in. To me, much more than impact factor being an important consideration when I'm thinking about journals. That's really helpful. That's something that actually I hadn't thought about, but and probably a lot of people don't think as much about, but you're absolutely right. If people can't find your article, then they can't read it. So indexing is very important. I'll try to come at it as an editor this time, right? I've been talking more about my experience as an author, but you know, if you're an author and you aren't really sure about whether your, your paper fits, I don't know a single editor who would be unhappy with you reaching out with an abstract or a title or brief description of your work. You probably don't want to send your whole paper 
to them, but sending a quick email just saying, we think this is a fit based on our reading of, of your journal website. You know, can we confirm that? That is totally welcome and is a way to assess, right? Whether it's a good idea to send your paper to that journal. And, I, you know, I've had it go both ways, right? As an editor, I have people send me abstracts and I say, yeah, this fits great. Of course, it has to undergo peer review. I can't tell you it's going to be accepted, but sure, this fits. Or, no, nah, this really isn't quite a fit. I think you need a journal focused on X instead. And so that saves, I think that can save authors a lot of time. Uh, you know, another thing I think that I didn't really touch on, but that you, that we consider as editors is turnaround time that I think is important to authors, right? You know, you want your time to decision to be, as short as possible, right? You want you know, you want to hear as quickly as you can. And we get that. So editors work very, very hard to turn things around quickly. Some journals publish their turnaround time, others don't. But you know, I mean, I think that if you can get a sense that it's got a quick turnaround, two weeks, three weeks, even a month, that may help you understand that you want to submit to a journal or not. You know, I I've had papers sit for 90 days and that isn't a great feeling as an author. And I've also had papers sit for longer than I want as an editor. You know, we work really hard to find reviewers and in this day and age, it's a little more complicated, a little tougher to do than it once was, but it's worth considering. And if it, that's not information that's readily available on the site, again, feel free to reach out to the editor and say, Hey, what's your turnaround time? You know, they, they may have a very quick, you know, okay, we make a decision about whether it's going to go to review within 24 hours. And then we desk project it. If not, but then the review process, you know, we give reviewers two weeks or three weeks or whatever the whatever the, the time is. And and they'll have those statistics. And if they're good, they'll definitely want to share them with you. And I think you've raised a really good point too, is is A, check the websites of these journals that you are thinking about publishing because they will probably give you information, right, about their aims and scope. You know, you don't want to submit an article that's about epidemiology to a journal that's about treatment. And I think you also raised another really good point with the turnaround. And you can tell me what you think, but if a journal doesn't have clear information about turnaround or clear information about their peer review process, in my opinion, that's, that can be a red flag that it's not a legitimate journal. So I think you touched on something that, you know, newer authors might be less aware of, which is predatory journals that, oh, you yeah. know, potentially are going to not put your put your article through peer review right and and that will publish it too quickly so very long processing times but also very short processing times can both be red flags right i think so yeah no so so yes absolutely check the website i don't think i said that explicitly but i'm saying it now you know i don't even know for my journal if we publish or or, or our journal if we publish our turnaround time simply because it's not a standard thing but it's not something I hide. I can tell you that for our journal, we've held steady at about a month to first decision since I took over. It's fluctuated a day or two here, but I think your point about the peer review process being on the on the website is really important. Journals should have the editor in chief's name, the you know the associate editors, the editorial board members, and a statement about you know articles undergo peer review, those kind of things. So certainly peer review, and they may publish turnaround time if they don't and you ask and they don't tell you, then maybe be be, be worried. And again, yeah, to the point of predatory journals, absolutely something to be worried, to, to be thinking about and to be concerned about. That's also why I think about indexing because a lot of those reputable indexes will not index those more predatory journals. And while they might publish your article really fast, they're gonna charge you a lot of money to do so. 
So, so keep that all in mind as you're, you know, as you're searching for journals. And if you're not sure, get an opinion from other folks. You're, you know, if you're an early career researcher, ask your mentors or, you know, ask your peers, people will know what journals are reputable and what journals are predatory if you aren't sure. That's a very important point that to lean on your community, right? If you're new to this process, there are folks who have been doing this for a long time that can definitely help you out. This has been great. Thank you so much, Bill, for sharing your insights as an editor and as an author. My pleasure. Thank you for having me today. Always good to talk with you and especially nice to cover this topic. And if listeners want to find more information on choosing a journal, they can visit IceAge website at iceage.net. And you can click on our author's resources tab. We also have a free textbook on our website called Publishing Addiction Science, which has extensive information on choosing a journal. And you can also, as Bill mentioned, look at our list of member journals, which will always be legitimate journals and useful if you're interested in publishing. This was the second in a series of podcasts on this subject and is hosted under the SSA's Addictions Edited podcast umbrella. Check back, like, and subscribe for future episodes on navigating academic publishing. See also the Graykin Center for Addiction at Boston Medical Center's podcast, Behind the Evidence, and Addiction Audio, the podcast from the journal Addiction. This podcast was recorded in collaboration between Ice Age and the SSA. The views and opinions expressed in this episode do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of either organization or that of Boston Medical Center.